Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Church, I pray you are doing well, and uh, I'm coming to you this morning via video. Obviously, I am not with you, and I want to get you filled in in just a moment as uh, we're part two of this Cornerstone series. And uh, before I start, can we just give Pastor Derek a huge, huge thank you and round of applause for, man, just preaching an incredible message last week. Just very impressed with him and so grateful. Um, I tell you what, doing life with him and doing ministry with him is such a huge, huge blessing. Uh, This morning I'm coming to you via video because last week so many of you came out to our grad party and we're so grateful for my daughter Jacy who celebrated graduation headed back to the University of Northwestern and uh, one of my nieces this week ended up uh, testing positive for COVID and we would just ask prayers for for her but she gave me a big hug and was all over me and so uh, just trying to be extra cautious right now and not be with you in case any of you are immune compromised. I want to respect that. And so this morning I'm filming, uh, you know, film from my house and this is coming to you uh, at church. And so just welcome to everybody and welcome to you um, online. I will see you the following week. I have to quarantine for 14 days, so we're halfway there. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to helping you high five, hugging, whatever we can do. And so uh, this crazy time, but we're all in this together and we're getting through this. I know we've got, you know, great mics and video equipment and all of that. And here I am filming in my, my iPhone because I believe I have a message that God has for you today. And so we're going to enter into this uh, part two of Cornerstone today. And service might be just a little bit shorter here today and a few weeks out. And, and the reason is we've had some people uh, during worship and those because we're mandated by our governor right now to wear masks. Uh, some of you have uh, told me you had to step outside just to breathe for a little bit. And sometimes the masks just have not been working that great during worship in that time, and so we want to respect that, and so because of that, right now, we're actually going to uh, have our service time approximately 45 minutes the next few weeks, and so just roll with it as we continue to change and process. We want the best for you and the best for our community, and we're going to continue to be a life-giving church in St. Francis and the surrounding community. So again, a huge welcome. I'm excited for uh, this morning's message, and uh, I'm excited to see you again, and so I'm going to be piping in online saying hi to you uh, during this morning's message as well. So please say hi if you're watching online right now. Make sure to shoot me a text and say hi. Uh, miss you all and I will see you uh, providing I am asymptomatic uh, the following week. You know, uh, we, we're in this series and it's called Cornerstone. And you might say, well, what is a cornerstone? Maybe you're familiar with that phrase. It's kind of a Christianese kind of phrase that we don't use a lot. And we sing about cornerstone, how Christ is our cornerstone, and the cornerstone biblically is the fact that the foundation of a house, the foundation of any structure, really started with the cornerstone. In other words, that's where the structure had to begin. Everything out from there was balanced and uh, basically geared towards that cornerstone. And so if that cornerstone wasn't perfect, if it wasn't straight, if it wasn't set up right, the rest of the house would even crumble or fail to you know, stand erect. And so we need to make sure that we're going after Christ as our cornerstone and looking to him as that, as the cornerstone of our faith. And so 
And one of the things that Pastor Derek and I talked about recently is how we need to go back to the fact that he's our cornerstone. We have all these things happening. We need to go back to the basics of faith. But also for those of you who are believers, I believe I have something today that will rock your world and hopefully change uh, even the direction of your faith journey right now in Christ. He came to give his life so that you and I can have life to the fullest. And so he's the cornerstone of our faith. Again, another word for cornerstone today, um, basically who would be looking at structural engineering or architecture. You know, maybe if you see one of those shows where they remodel a house, you know, on HGTV, my wife loves HGTV. But they always look at the load-bearing wall. And the load-bearing wall, you can't have a structure without that. The foundation starts with that. In fact, if you have to restructure the house where the load-bearing wall is, you actually have to put in new beams so that by code it can have a load-bearing wall because without it, the structural integrity of that building is not there. And so my desire today and through this series is that your structural integrity as a person of faith would be geared and centered around Christ and His purposes, not our preferences, as we continue to do life together during this crazy, wild time. You know, it it means for Christ to be our cornerstone or Him to be our load-bearing wall. What that really means and what that looks like is that it means He's God. Christ is God. It means that He has the authority to forgive sins. In fact, the Jews thought He was blasphemous when He became flesh and walked amongst us because He claimed to be God. He said He could forgive sins. That's because He is the cornerstone and the fulfillment of all the prophecies in the Old Testament displaying the fact that He is Messiah. He is the chosen one. And so we need to put our faith in Him as the cornerstone. He's a friend of sinners, a friend of tax collectors. Come on, man. Amen. And and he's a friend of anybody who needs a savior. He's one with power uh, over nature, over demons, over disease. Can I hear a good amen? And over death. He's the God of the miraculous. He's uh, where nothing is impossible for God. He's one who sets us free to focus on his purposes. And he's our sin bearer. He's the one who took on all of our sins, the risen Savior who rose again to defeat death, to show that nothing is impossible with the Christ in whom you and I serve. He gave himself as a ransom for sin. What does that mean as a ransom for sin? He paid our penalty. He paid in full what you and I deserved. He took that. He shed his blood for our sins, fulfilling God's redemptive plan that was promised in the Old Testament. And he's one who we should be relentlessly pursuing as the only hope for our livelihood. Can I hear a good amen? Come on, everybody. I know I'm on video, but can we just say amen together? Amen. You see, God offers you and I hope always. And that hope is stemmed upon our cornerstone in faith, Jesus Christ. You know, I I love this story, and, and maybe you've heard me share this before, but it's one of my favorite when it comes to hope. 
there's a, a little league baseball game going on and the kids are playing and it's the top of the first inning and you know little league baseball the score can go really high sometimes and the top of the first inning the one team that's up to bat well they scored 16 points and so it was 16 to 0 and the kids in the outfield they came in and were sitting in the dugout well one of the spectators walked by and he saw the team that had just come in off the field and looked at one and said you know I bet I bet you're pretty down and, and discouraged and you know kind of lost all hope here in this game and this little boy looks up at this guy and he says to the guy he said why should I be discouraged we haven't even been up to bat yet Man, I tell you what, if you and I have that attitude in the world today, we can change our culture. We can show the world that Christ is cornerstone by the hope that we profess and the hope that we have in Him. You see, I want you to realize that there's hope for any hopeless situation that you might have. In fact, there is realization that you can't sin beyond hope. Maybe you're going, Pastor Chris, you don't know all my sins. Maybe you're going, Pastor Chris, you don't realize what I've done. And and I don't. I don't know everyone's history and everyone's story, but God has. And He still wants you to know that there's hope and there's redemption for your sin. It's never too late to find hope in Christ. You see, you will never give God a reason not to love you. He will pursue you even when we forget to pursue Him. He's going after us with an everlasting love and He calls us to hope in Him. You see, God forgives your past even when you don't forgive your past. I think it's easier sometimes for us to accept His forgiveness than for us to forgive ourselves. So whatever you're carrying today, wherever you're at, wherever this message finds you right now, whether you're listening on iTunes, whether you're listening on on the website or YouTube or Facebook or you're at church this morning, I want you to realize that there's hope for your situation, that you're not beyond hope today. God has a promise for you. And I want you to, to realize how passionately in love the Savior is with you. In fact, the Father loves you so much, He sent His Son. No one thinks more highly of you than the Father. You know, He's created you with this intentionality. He hasn't created you by mistake. You're not here by accident. God has a specific plan. In fact, the Bible talks about all these works that He's predestined for us to walk out. And so you're here with this purpose. And so I want you to have hope today. I want you to be able to, after this message, to go, Pastor Chris, thank you. There's some hope. I feel renewed. I feel excited. I feel motivated for what God is calling you into. Whatever He's calling you into, He'll call you, you know, whatever He's calling you to, He'll call you through. Pastor Derek talked about about that about a month ago. See, more than ever, we are called to live this out right now. We are called to live out the hope that we profess in Christ. If you haven't professed that hope yet, today is your day. Okay? There's this old saying, it says, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. And so what we get to do today in the present is we can choose whether to have hope or not. My prayer is that you would because
because the world needs hope. The world needs you. You're in this world, not of it, but in it for a specific reason right now. And that's to profess the hope that you and I have in Jesus Christ. If you don't think you have the answer for the world, you're wrong. Because you hold the keys to the lock in which they don't know how to open right now. And so allow them to look to you for what they need. You see, the world right now, they sell hopelessness. The world sells hopelessness, and so we need to make sure we're displaying hope. In fact, maybe you've read in the media the story of a MSNBC journalist, uh, first name Ariana, who actually stepped down from her role as a journalist because of that. She said, I'm tired of us dividing over certain issues. And she said, we're not helping. We're just trying to get our ratings up. And I think that speaks to what's happening worldly right now and how we need to be the antithesis of that. We need to be the, the Christian body right now of the world because they need that hope from you and from me. You see, the world steals hope, so you and I need to deal hope. I love the story of Ronald Reagan, and uh, it's kind of funny. Ronald Reagan heard about a fire out by Los Angeles, and he sent a, a newspaper reporter to go and take pictures, a photojournalist, uh, and he said, go out to the tarmac. The plane will be ready with the engines on. Get in it. Go up, take pictures, and come back. Well, the photojournalist got out to the tarmac. He saw the plane. Engines were revved up, ready to go. So he instantly grabbed his bag of photography equipment, got on the plane. plane took off, and the guy got up to about 5,000 feet, and the photojournalist took open his bag and grabbed his photography, and the person driving the plane looked back and said, uh-oh, and the photojournalist said, what is it? And the, the person driving the pilot was actually just in training and said, wait a second, sir, aren't you the instructor? And so, I don't know about you, but if you found yourself 5,000 feet up without an instructor or a trained pilot... Would you choose hope, or would you feel this hopeless situation? They're, they're safe, they landed fine, but I think in those times, we have to choose whether to hope or whether to not. Would we be in despair, or would we be that hope dealer during that time? What would you do? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, it says, So we do not lose heart, though our, other, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In other words, our hope comes in something that you and I can't see. And that's in Jesus Christ. And it's a trust in Him that He will get us through anything. And we need to display that because we are the only hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. And hope, you have to realize, it's not a feeling. It's a choice. I'll share one more story here. And then i got just a few more points to this message I want to share this morning. The story of a man, and, and he walks into the doctor's office, and he, he gets in there, and he's you know has his annual checkup, and and uh, you know thinks everything's fine, and the doctor says, hey, why don't you go wait out in the car? I need to talk to your wife. 
And the doctor talks to this guy's wife who just had this physical and said, you know what? He's going to be okay. Um, however, this is what I need from you. I need from you for the next two months to make sure that he rests as much as possible, that you take care of every one of his needs, and that you make sure you make him three meals a day. Well, the wife you know, gets up from the appointment, goes out to her husband, and the husband says, well, what did the doctor say? And the wife just looked him in the eyes and said, you're going to die. <laughs> I love that. I love that joke, man. I think that's hilarious. You know, in all, all seriousness, when I look through historical articles of times of hope, probably one of the best ones in the most recent news was from 10 years ago. And if you remember the Chilean miners, you know, they were uh, 33 miners. They were underground. The mine collapsed. They were in a copper gold mine uh, down Chile. And during this time, all 33 of them together, they're buried over 2,300 feet below the Earth's surface. I don't know about you, but that'd be really hard to choose hope during that situation. And yet they all did. In fact, 28 of the 33 later on shared their story and they were trapped down there for 70 days. Well, people, you know, supplied uh, money for the effort to help them, food, air, water, all of that. And they got through it. But could you imagine how your mind would play tricks on you? How all the mental game that you'd be going through trapped in a cave, isolated with the same individuals for 30 or for 70 days with the same 33 people. I mean, just think about it. Think about your coworkers. Would you like to be trapped with your coworkers for that long? Or would you just say, you know what, God, I'm done. I, I love my coworkers. It's really Pastor Derek and a few others like Bethany and, and some of you that on our lead team that I get to do life with. And I would love to be trapped with you. Maybe we'd all go nuts. I don't know. But we get to choose hope in that situation. One of the things that's not talked about very often with that story is the fact that all 33 of the miners chose not to press charges against their workplace. To me, that shows hope in the human race. I want you to know that there is hope um, in Christ for humanity. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. It says, For in this hope we are saved. Talking about Christ. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. These miners hoped in something they weren't sure they were ever going to see. And that hope got them through an incredibly desolate situation that turned out to be a phenomenal testimony of mankind. You see, without Christ, there is no hope. Right now, the world needs to see the hope that you and I profess. Now is the time to be the church more than ever. He is our source of hope. In fact, biblically, it talks about Christ as our source of hope. It says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in Him. Then you'll overflow with hope. I tell you what, man, I want to look like that. I want to be the one that doesn't overflow with disparity or depression or despondency, but I overflow with hope. Why? Because I'm looking at Him as my source of hope. We have to look at Christ as our source of hope. If we look to anything else, we're committing idolatry. 
Jesus says, I'm the hope for you. I'm the source of all hope. And I want to overflow in that hope. In fact, the Bible talks about Christ as the source of hope in five different ways. And so let me just show you these five things here briefly. First is this. It's through God's presence that we see His hope. In other words, are you spending time with Him? Are you saying, God, I'm going to rest in You. I want to be with You. Or are we striving to get by? Are we trying to figure it all out? Are we going, God, I don't have time for You. Are we you know, not taking a Sabbath rest? Are we not taking time to you know, just be with Him? And sometimes I'm guilty of that. And I realize I have to stop and be with Him. That's one of the reasons I love you know, going up north or camping because it makes me stop. It makes my phone not work. And, and I think sometimes we need that as as a culture because one of the ways to realize that He is our source of hope is to be in His presence together. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Are you resting in Him? Or are you restless? Are you finding solitude in Christ right now? Are you still trying something else? Because I guarantee you it doesn't work as much as hope does in Him. We've got to be in His presence together. That's why we have chosen to open our doors. That's why we choose, even when we have to wear a mask, that we're going to come together and be the church. Because it's important for us not to isolate. We need to be together in His presence Number two, it's God's promise. He promises that He's our source of hope. It says in the Bible that He's faithful with that. In fact, in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 23, the prophet Jeremiah writes this. He says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. That's a scary thought. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Maybe you remember the old hymn from this verse. He's faithful to you during this time. You know, and I often say that faith isn't always us holding on to God. It's allowing God to hold on to us during this time. The promises that He shares in His Word are faithful and they're trustworthy. And so cling to them. Put your hope in that and nothing else right now. Number three, it's in God's process. Now, if you know me well, I talk about how we need to enjoy the journey. We've got to enjoy the process. And I'm not good at enjoying the process. I'm not good at the journey. I want to get there. I want to get to the destination. I can't wait to you know, have a plan, have a vision, figure out how do we get there? How do we get to the next part of our church? How do we plant the next church? How do we, how do we help the next person? How do we lead the next way? What, what's the next evangelistic event we do? That's me. You guys know me pretty well. But one of the things that God continues to convict me of, I'm preaching to myself right now, is that we are called to see that God is our source of hope during the process and during the journey. In fact, Romans chapter 5, verses 2 through 4, it reads this, Paul writes, And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Ah! Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. It's a scary verse. But God sees the big picture when you and I don't. He sees the perseverance. He sees the trials. He sees the character development. And He sees you getting to a place of hope. Prophetically, I'm speaking that over you, church, right now that we choose hope and we choose to live that out, not just in word, but in action. Number four, purpose. 
God's purpose. One of our you know, things that we look at as a church is we want to make sure you find your purpose as a Christ follower in our church. You know, discover your purpose. What is your purpose? God's predestined your purpose way long ago for you to live out. Are you living it out? There's hope to still do that, okay? He knows the plans he has for you. Now, Jeremiah, there's a verse that talks about the plan for the Israelites. In fact, the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, we're talking about the demise of Israel, the demise of the Hebrews, and the fact that they were going into captivity because they were not following him. And so we find this verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, maybe you're familiar with, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I believe that specifically for the Israelites, but I still believe that's a promise to you and I today through hope in Christ. We can choose to follow away and hope in other things other than Him, but there's still a hope when we develop a trust and a hope in Him. There's still hope for you and I with the purpose that God has for you. And not only for you independently, but for us corporately as a church. The last one here, number five, God's place. We find the source of hope in Christ in the place that He's developed for you and I, that He went to for you and I. In fact, we read about the fact that Jesus is already at the right hand of the Father because He went there to prepare a place for you and for me. In fact, here's what it reads in John chapter 14, the first few verses. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Come out. Stop. Before we read more of that, I want you to listen to that first part. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Right now, you have co-workers, you have people, you have family, you have friends, you have neighbors, teachers, you have other pastors, you have people in your life right now whose hearts are troubled. Maybe yours is. This is a direct statement, a direct command to you and I to not let our hearts be troubled because we have this eternal hope. Let's read on. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. You know, what this meant was Jesus was giving up his life because he wanted you and I to have that eternal life with him, seated at the right hand of the Father with him. We have that in our hope in Christ. You know, you might... Not know right now fully what's going to happen with your job situation. Maybe you've had disagreements on how to handle the race issue, or you've had political tension in, in your marriage or in your family, or, or maybe with your friends. Maybe you're tired and you're sick of it all. Maybe you've said, you know, forget it, screw it to any social media, you're done with it. Maybe. And maybe you've kind of just been done with all that or you're just not sure what's going to happen or maybe your health has been in question and maybe you're really concerned with COVID or maybe you don't care about COVID. Maybe you're overly concerned about masks or you don't care about masks. I don't know where you're at in the spectrum of things, but here's what I know for sure. In, the, in our real world right now, if we don't hope in Christ, we're going to miss it. In fact, I would say that if we are hoping if you and I have been hoping in humanity, I'm guessing that you've lost hope in humanity maybe a little bit. And what I want to say to you is good because we were never meant to have hope in humanity in the first place. Humanity will let you down. Christ will never let you down. And so choose to put your hope in Him today. Choose Him. You know, the number for our church is 763-753-2134. And this is what I ask every single week that I preach. 
And maybe I sound like a broken record to you. I don't know. But I will not preach a message without giving an opportunity for somebody to say, yes, I need to hope in Christ today. I need to have faith in Him. It's by simply professing that faith. All you have to do is type text yes to us and we want to pray for you do that right now grab your phone text us or if you have a prayer need or anything we want to know we want to walk alongside you we want to have this hope together let me conclude just with these last thoughts how do we know that we have hope in him how do do we know it maybe you're going pastor chris i've given my life to christ a long time ago well are we still pursuing him as our first love are we still in love with jesus are we living it out with our actions and with the way that we walk the way that we talk the way that we do we honor him in everything that we do because wherever we go we are a representative of christ if we bear the name that we are a christ follower means that if we have hope in him that you and I are fishers of men what does that mean it's a Christian term it doesn't mean well we just you know put on the rappel and the clip and cast out your Fenwick rod and bring them in not necessarily but it means that you and I are called to be a witness to people so that they will not spend an eternity in hell but in heaven with Jesus Christ with you and I let's do it together it means that we do the will of God if you're in love with Jesus, you're doing the will of God. You don't have to go, God, am I, am I doing your will? Just be in His will. Don't worry. You're going to get a few steps wrong, but when you trust in Him, He makes those paths clear for you and I. Hear and believe. Listen to His Word. Read His Word. And then believe what His Word says, because when you do that, you'll naturally live it out. Count the cost. Count the cost. Know that being a Christian doesn't mean all roses and everything is great. You know, it means that we're giving up our life. Is it worth it to you? It's worth it to me. It means we're trusting in Him with our livelihood. It means that we're choosing the commandments over God, or commandments of God over the traditions of man. Are we choosing His commandments, or do we want to do it man's way? Are we choosing in humanity to hope, or are we choosing in Christ to hope? Do we understand that we have to lose our life to save it? That's the only way that we get to save our life is by laying our lives down for Him. Do we have the right heart over the right procedure or or our preferences? Do we have the right heart? Are we concerned with relationship or are we concerned with ritual? Well, I pray that it's relationship. And are we willing to risk our lives by extraordinary faith and extravagant love? Because as we go and we tell his story through our actions and our words, my prayer is that the world would profess hope because of the hope that you and I have in Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you for this church that I get to serve humbly. I thank you for every person here today. God, I thank you for the faithfulness of those who serve, the faithfulness of those who give, the faithfulness of those, Lord, who, who want to come and question because they're still on the right on the fringe of that faith. Would they cross that line today? Lord, I pray that you would allow us to have hope in you this day forward more than ever before and that we could display that hope to a world that's hopeless right now. Would they find hope in you more now than ever before? I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, have a great week. Say hi to somebody today. Know that I love you and I plan on seeing you this following Sunday. Love you all. Peace out. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. 
If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.